With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on A World Awakening. I almost said Soul School. Oh, my God, what a day. Don't look at the mess. Now, see, as soon as I said that. Okay, see all this stuff over this shoulder? All of this has places it's got to go tomorrow. We couldn't move it to the barn or to the carport or to the Goodwill or or anything because it was pouring. So it only looks like clutter. The whole last show was about decluttering our lives but first you got to make more of a mess before you actually clean it out so ignore all of that and look and behold our guest tonight my friend van he's gonna have to tell you his last name because every time i try to pronounce it i screw it up um that he is uh we've known each other for a number of years now and he's just adorable and sweet and drop dead gorgeous and ladies just prepare yourselves for this wonder to behold, my friend Van. Oh my goodness. Look <laughs> how cute you are. Oh my God, I could just pinch those cheeks. Oh my goodness. This is, uh, yeah, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I know. Isn't that great? I mean, Thanks. who else can get away with it? But, you know, this old lady, I can get away you, with it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much for the intro. And thanks for having me. This is actually the first time I've been a guest. Um, on a podcast. Really? Oh, yeah. I'll make it worth yeah. your while and absolutely memorable. Yeah, it's um it's uh 
yeah, don't know what to expect. Um, I'm not in control of it, so... Um, yeah. Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> Bill is the guy with the magic man behind the curtain. He can okay. cut us off in a heartbeat if he wants to. He's got the panel. I'm just looking at my sister's computer. Okay. Tell everybody who you are, what you do, what planet you come from, why you are here, and where you are going. Uh, well... My name is, uh, well, it's more of a nickname. Nickname is Van. Um, I, I keep kind of basically two personas. Obviously, this is my podcast persona, and I've got a professional, you know, uh, I work for a pretty big company as well, so I don't want to mix, kind of mix the two personas up. Um, so if it's okay, I'm just going to stick to Van. Okay. <laughs> okay. So originally from, yeah, born in South Africa, um, beautiful country, which has unfortunately been um, kind of seen the back end due to politics, uh, as many, uh, I suppose, as many countries are these days. And uh, we decided to, to immigrate to Canada um, in 2019, just before COVID hit. So we probably, we joke around about it now. We, uh, we probably immigrated during the most difficult time in human history. But yes. um, yeah, but I mean, here we are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Lived in Dallas, Texas for for uh, six months as well. It was when uh, I was there for work. So, yeah, it's um, it's been it's been an adventure the last couple of last couple of years. I obviously, started doing this podcast, uh, Van's World Podcast. Um, last, it's just been over a year now, and um, it's it's been fun. It's 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 a hobby of mine i really enjoy it i get to i had the opportunity to speak to very interesting people such as yourself and um yeah it's thanks again thanks for having me <laughs> you know we basically do the same thing and i think our motivation is virtually identical and that is to bring enlightenment into the world now to to bring people into our living rooms or on our televisions or our computers that cause us to think a little differently, to embrace different concepts and notions so that when we're done with our shows, respectively, mm. everybody that has been a part of it has been impacted in a positive way. That's, that's my motivation. That's my mission statement. Is, does yours vary from that? Well, yeah. Well, look, I've, I definitely don't want to portray a wrong message um, on my podcast. My podcast, I basically do things that I'm interested in, which is the subjects being true crime, the paranormal and and mystery. So, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, with regards to the paranormal, it's such a it's it's kind of a realm which I don't think we understand as of yet i don't think anyone can really 100 percent understand it so Agreed. it is kind of open for debate but it's 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 kind of a nice distraction from all the crap that is happening in the world uh yeah. you know with politics and all that type of stuff and um i think i think it's a necessary distraction to be honest yeah it's i think it's um therapeutic <laughs> not just for us you know, but for the people that join us, uh, I have a, a very eclectic but uh, extraordinary group of people that are are here every week. And, and that continues to burgeon and grow over time. Uh, 
um, just word of mouth, I think more than anything. Um, and people are looking for an escape hatch. They're yeah. looking for a way to pull themselves not away from reality because, you know, when you're doing a show about true crime, I mean, these are real cases and, and paranormal events that really happened and, you know, that, that type of thing. So it's not like it's an escape from reality, but it is uh, an alternate perspective on, um, on our larger reality. Yeah. Uh, I often say that um, one of the um, things that is happening now during what I perceive to be the paradigm shift, uh, which includes COVID, of course, yeah, um, was a leveling of the playing field where everyone was susceptible. No one was immune. We were all equally afraid for our lives at the exact same time. And it shifted the vibration of the planet. And as that happens, you decide to move literally more than halfway around the world weeks before everything ground to a halt, everything changed. Yeah. And we're not going back. Um, we're not, we are having to adjust again to our concept of the new normal. But I think what is happening is that this is a, a period of, uh, like my show says, a world awakening to itself, mm. um, a world that is being transformed, uh, spiritual ascension ongoing. You know, a lot of people either losing their minds or getting very much in tune with themselves. And it seems to be a split. You know, it's, it's one way or the other. Uh, there's so much that's going on, but I think that ultimately the most important thing that's going on is that we are beginning to see our old reality with new eyes. We are beginning to understand that what what once was is no more and that it's up to us to chart our course forward. Uh, so it is a very pivotal time. I perceive it to be a very pivotal time in the course of human evolution and the evolution of the planet. Um, the Canadian people are very different. <laughs> you probably noticed. Uh, I have to be careful what I say. I know, but have you, have you made friendships, you know, like moving? You didn't. I know you moved at a time where everybody isolated, but have, <laughs> yeah. you, have you been? I know, I know. Like the only way you can show somebody how much you care about them is to stay the hell away from them. Um, it's so counterintuitive. But yeah. uh, have you made friendships? Do you feel uh, settled there? Do you have any kinship emotionally um with Canada? I think yeah, definitely. I think I think pretty much wherever wherever I've been. I mean, I love. We've spoken about the UK. I think the last time I had you on my podcast, I'm a, I was. I think I left for the UK in two weeks, and this was over the Christmas holidays. Um, yes. I love the UK. Canada has been great. Um, the Canadian people are lovely, to be honest. Obviously, wherever you go. Um, you know, there are bad apples, but I mean, that's everywhere. That's, that's got nothing to do. You know, you can't judge a whole country by the actions of a few. So 
Canada has been great. Um, it's a beautiful country. We've lived all over Canada now. It's um, We started off in British Columbia and uh, we are currently in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I loved Texas. Um, loved ew. it. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm it's, sorry, but ew. <laughs> I loved it. <clears throat> Um, I thought it was. I thought it was. It was very, very similar to South Africa. I think the the um, it's 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 very you know into its sports and stuff like that. I spoke, well, look, I can't really talk about the other states, um, but yeah, we I enjoy Texas. I can I can I can speak on Texas because I spent six months there. Um, yeah, and I think we, we we also had friends living there from South Africa, which was which was nice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I really can't. <clears throat> I just can't. Which which part? Well, you know, it's I'll tell you honestly. I did an event there okay. a year or two ago. And um I was uh I was nervous and uh a little afraid for the first time ever getting on the stage. Yeah. And I found myself editing what I was saying, um, being careful what I was saying, not being too provocative because I was on a very big stage in an outdoor venue. Okay. And there were about 1,200 people there and about half of them had guns. <laughs> I was going to ask, was it the, the, hand the guns that made you nervous? Yeah. The border, Okay. I don't even want to know who you are. Here's your gun. Yeah. Uh, And I have an issue with that. I'm not saying I'm anti-Second Amendment or, you know, whatever iteration people think that it means. But um, I I was afraid. And I've never, I mean, I couldn't, I had to have security uh, guide me to the stage from the veranda of a very large antebellum mansion because people were jumping out at me, grabbing at my clothing, grabbing at my hair, leaping up in front of me to take selfies. And I couldn't get uh, 50 yards from from the veranda of the house to the stage. And when I did and I looked out and I saw a sea of people and guns everywhere, I thought I need to reconsider this and I don't need to say anything so provocative or so controversial that someone needs, you know, to just uh, in a moment of decision, choose to wipe me off the planet because I fractured their belief system with a sentence. Um, And I've never, ever been uncomfortable like that. And I never will be again. I will always make sure that wherever I'm lecturing, I feel safe. Where in Texas was this? San Antonio. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, we were in Dallas. Um, but, I mean, Texas is such a massive state. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, some might say like, it sounds like rich, riches. Some might say that. Yeah. I got issues, okay? I got issues <laughs> with having their own private grid and wanting to operate separate and distinct from the whole entire national grid. And then when it goes down, I, you know, I don't know. Who, the governor blamed wind turbines. 
when their national grid went down during a snowstorm a couple of years ago and hundreds of people froze to death. Sorry, we're supposed to be in the 21st century. Come on in or get the hell out. That's, you know, but, you know, I have issues. I have issues. We're going to change that subject and we're going to talk about Canada a little bit more. Because okay. my favorite place in Canada, I want to know if you went. Have you ever been to Prince Edward Island? I have not. Um, oh, I have not. Not. I have not. Uh, it. I've heard. I've heard. I've heard good things. I mean, it's like, it's also such a massive country. We were up in. Uh, I've been to Vancouver Island, which mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that place is amazing. It's it's a. It really is a beautiful place. Um, and we from there we went to I'm sorry I keep on saying we my wife and my wife and I and our two little Scottish Scottish terrier dogs. Okay, um, great. Yeah. So Scotties, I love yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They they care well they pretty much you know we live with them. That's kind of the attitude that they have. They very uh They run your lives. They run they run our lives. Yeah. I've got one too, she's right over there. Not a Scotty. Yeah. She's a Chihuahua. Just she away. runs my life. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, we wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I love, I'm a, I'm a massive animal person. Uh, I love animals. I, I probably like animals more than humans, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we, I mean, like you said, the whole self-isolation thing was, and this was a month after we got here. So we actually self-isolated in, at a ski resort, which was closed for the season. So we rented out one of the rooms and it was literally my wife and I, um, and I think about four other people in the whole, the whole, um, the whole resort. So it was kind of like the shining in a sense. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, this was, this was it. I mean, you know, everyone was wearing masks and stuff. I didn't find out what Canadians actually looked like until about March of last year. So it was pretty, it, it was, uh, it was a very, it was a strange time. I mean, the world's just gotten really, really weird um, these last couple of years. Uh, yeah. I kind of know what to make of it. I, I really don't. don't. Um, I, I'm, to be honest, I mean, I'm an, I'm an 80s baby. I, mm -hmm. I kind of miss the days where technology wasn't as advanced as it was. Um, I think it kind of gave more meaning to, to human relationships. Whereas today, it's kind of like if you want to speak to someone, you just WhatsApp them. Or, I mean, I'm speaking to you now. We're in different countries. And back then, it took like a lot of effort. And I think it meant a lot more in a sense of, you know, you had to send either a postcard or, you know, you have to phone long distance and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's obviously, it's, it's great. But I think the value of human interaction has kind of uh, cheapened in a, in a sense. If, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Diminished. Yeah. 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 And, and at a time when we need it the most, when we yeah. need that kind of contact and, you know, our, our intimate friendships, you know, the person that you walk up to that you just pull into your arms and hold on to for so long that you meld with them. Mm. And when I go to, paranormal events especially after covid where we went really for a couple of years where we didn't see each other yeah um the first few events that i went to once we got back out into the world uh 
I don't know how many times I said to people, we'll never take each other for granted again. We never will. Mm. It's never going to return to that time where, oh, I'll see you in Michigan or I'll see you in Rhode Island or I'll see you here or I'll see you there. Uh, no, we don't take any of that for granted anymore. It changed me profoundly. Uh, and I had lectured probably for a dozen years about here comes the paradigm shift. And when yeah. it arrived, it leveled me. Mm. And a little tiny chihuahua who appeared in my life um, in January of 2020, just before the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic. She's the one that saved me and got me through it because she's the reason I had to get up in the morning yeah. and function and walk her and feed her and cuddle her and not let her absorb the stress that I felt. Mm. Because for a very long period of time, it felt like it was the end of everything. People were dropping like flies. There was no vaccine on the horizon. There was no hope that we were going to get through this without countless millions and millions of people dying. And that is what happened and is continuing to happen. Just in the United States alone, we're losing three to 500 people a week to COVID. You don't see it on the news anymore. Nobody really keeps up with much of anything except the CDC and the University of Washington, if you want to get any stats on what's going on. Uh, but as a culture, as a society, it's like we just got sick of thinking about it and we just moved on and said, oh, you know, we almost became fatalistic about it. Like, if I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it. Oh, my God, if I don't have some immunity built by now, then let me just damn die. I'm not going to stay locked in the house forever. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, the whole the whole COVID thing. Um, look, I'm an, I'm an open-minded open skeptic, as as you know about, about a lot of things. Um, my question is, Sweden didn't close, and they're fine. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people died, you you know, with regards to the flu and stuff like that. I'm not saying COVID wasn't legitimate. COVID definitely was legitimate. I, I've I had just it five have, times, and the yeah. first time it almost killed me. Yeah, and other friends, other friends, friends I had, had it yeah. was pretty bad too. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's you know, it was a strange time. I just hope, I just hope it doesn't. We don't get back to a situation like that. I don't, I don't think we will. But you know. The thing that I find strange as well is when everyone stopped talking about COVID is when this whole shit show with the Ukraine started. Yeah. Then COVID kind of took a back seat in the, you know, in the newspaper headlines and stuff like that, yes, yes. which, um, and, uh, and I've done, I've actually done a podcast episode about this, um, a solo one on with regards to the power of the media. Now yeah. the media Whoever's in control of the media controls a country. Yeah. Um, I think the the lead singer of the I think the lead singer of the Doors said that. I think Jim Morrison said that. Jim Morrison did, did say that. Yeah. Yes. And that is very, very true. It's very, very scary. Yeah. yeah. Because unless you're dealing with legitimate news sources, you know, people that are in the field, people that are reporting what is actually happening then what you risk is 
being literally brainwashed by people's attitudes and opinions and not what is necessary and necessarily real. Um, and then with the advent of social media, which I consider the new scourge of the earth, um, and I use it all the time. I mean, I let people know we're doing the show here tonight, you know, posting it all over social media so yeah. that we've got an audience. But if you don't use it, it's like fire. You can use it to heat your home or you can use it to burn your home down, you know, and the essential element fire hasn't changed. How is it being utilized? Is it being, you know, in a flamethrower? Is it being used to, uh, you know, to create a heat source to keep you and your family safe and everything in between? And, you know, I'm, I'm the same way that you are. You know, I question everything, question everything all the time. I what I warn people, though, against is going over the edge into a very deep, dark rabbit hole. It's fine to go exploring, but mm. when you know when you're standing on the edge of that rabbit hole and there's something in your gut that says you better not go down there because you won't be the same when you come back up. Um, that's something to be careful and watchful and mindful. And I just suggest that people use their own God-given intellect to discern what is real and what is not. Isn't it scary, though, with regards to news media that there is there is essentially one truth, but different media outlets will will uh, kind of twist that truth. Kind of a certain narrative. Well, here, yeah. kind of is putting it, you know, it's very mildly. Very mildly and like, yeah. Like, yeah. And it's always got to do with some. That's why I hate politics. Politics just ruins everything to me. Um and, and yet uh, it's it's the most important aspect of our lives. It is. Politics runs every single country yeah. in the world. Either runs that country into the ground or lifts those people up, depending yeah. on who is in power. Yeah. And in most countries in this world, the people didn't decide who was in power. And, well, and the, the thing is, the people in power for most countries, if not all countries, are, aren't in it for the, the good of the country. It's always got to do with some financial gain. It's, it's, I mean, it's always follow the money. Uh, I don't think I would paint with that broader brush um, okay. because uh, now what you're doing is you're drawing all the leaders of the world and throwing them into the same pot. Well, and I, I, I don't think... Uh, you know, my friend Erin says, where interest lies, honor dies. And that is something that she learned from her father. I believe that's the phrase. Okay. Um, and, you know, self-interest. Um, but I do believe, I absolutely, because I know some of them well, um, I do believe that there are people on this planet in positions of power who are absolutely there for the right reasons and who are essentially altruistic, not doing it for themselves, doing it for the greater good. We just need a lot more of them because it is not the rule. It's the exception. That's the problem. 
Yeah, look, look, I won't say I won't say all of them, okay. but I will say the majority of them. The majority, yes, I yeah. agree. Self-interest. Yeah, yeah. That's because what, that's otherwise, what... we'd have term limits. Otherwise, yep. it wouldn't be a case of the fox guarding the hen house. Mm. Otherwise, there wouldn't be so much. Let me cover your ass for you, but yep. now you owe me. You know, it's a very, very cynical business, mm. and it is a business. Politics is an industry. Well it, it, well, it is. And it's it's become, I think, with the emergence of social media and the internet, it's just become more, it's just become more difficult with, you know, because obviously there's disinformation campaigns and all kinds yeah. of stuff. And this just goes back to the whole who controls the media um, mm-hmm. type thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's scary times. And the thing is, I think people... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People need to be, they they have to be kind of open-minded and they have to really do their research before just believing what's, you know, whatever's in the news. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, this is the world we live in today. It so, is okay, but now let's let's hone in. Um, I'm sorry, I have an itch. Oh God, uh, it's winter, dry skin. What are you gonna yeah. do? Um, <clears throat> I um, I think in particular, and you know, because I know of your interest in this, uh, I w- would like to get your feedback on mm-hmm. the um, the information that has been coming out of different countries, but in particular uh, from the Department of Defense in this country Mm. regarding uh, they tried to hijack UFOs and and rename it UAPs. I'm not buying any of that. Um, There's so much information that they have not disclosed, but a breadcrumb of what there is. Um, but uh, certainly enough to get people's uh, attention. Now, what I really want to talk to you about is why you think that the only reason that there's a, a hearing in Washington or there's a private meeting behind closed doors, uh, et cetera, et cetera, which has been going on in the last since 2017, that's been really happening in Washington. Um why the only reason that they will uh, divulge anything is because they consider who I consider the galactic family to be a threat to humanity. So if they can't weaponize it, if they can't militarize it, if they can't make it scary and, and, you know, make us fearful about what they're now divulging, which is, the size of a a snowflake on the tip of an iceberg as large as Antarctica. And so I, I still feel betrayed. I still feel lied to. And I have access to way more information just doing what I do um, than most people have. 
I know the the inner workings. I know people in NASA. I know people at the Pentagon. I know people who I can't even say their names, but I know what they know because they trust me not to say their names. And we're still there mm. in 2023 on the verge of 2024. And, and we're still there. So what, how do you interpret all of this, Van? I mean, how do you think in terms of what has been forthcoming from different countries? Canada has been more forthcoming than the United States has been. Um, it's such a, a, you know, anything to do with the paranormal, particularly if you talk about UFOs and stuff, um, first and foremost, to me, I definitely don't think we're alone in the universe. I just, I just, it just doesn't make sense to me I that know, we will be ridiculous. Yeah, just the notion. And the, really? the the thing that makes it my personal stance on it, I don't. From a personal standpoint, I don't exactly need disclosure from the government to validate that belief. I think if people, because I mean, disclosures is is going to come out. It's been it's been promised to come out every year now for I think the last four or five years or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't think, um, Sorry. <laughs> he needed a hug. No, baby. Here you go. Uh, yeah. Well, actually Van, it already has. I mean, it, it doesn't need to come from a podium in the white house. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't need Biden, Trump or whoever's in charge or whatever world leader to tell me that we are not alone in the universe. And I think this whole, uh this whole thing of we won't be able to handle it is bullshit i mean it i mean it's, it's really and the other thing is it's insulting yeah and if if um we were going to be in danger or if they were a threat we would have been wiped out a long time ago in my opinion a and, long and again, time ago yeah so i don't know the, the thing is I don't know. I've got this thing that everything has to do with money because a yeah, lot and of you're right. UFO, and that's because you're right. Because a lot of these UFO research, you know, these funds that are, you know, they happened on Skinwalker Ranch. Um, I think with ATIP, it was a government funded thing for $20 million. Nothing is known about it. Or there's not much that's been disclosed about it. And uh, yeah, I, I think Stanton Friedman, I think he said something along similar lines that, you know, it is people are kind of misuse or using the um, the whole UFO narrative for financial gain. Yes. Um, and so, to me, I've kind of and I've looked down the UFO rabbit hole. I mean, you know, you go from Roswell, um, Bob Lazar, you know, all that stuff. It's it at the end of the day, whether. Whether you know whether it's true or it's not true, it's not it's not really going to change my perception on the fact that I don't think we're alone in the universe. And if it turns out we are not, we are alone in the universe. I mean, that's fine as well. It's 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 yeah. I just don't think that we are. So I think I think people need to uh, just for their own sanity, just stop looking for proof from governments and and stuff like that because why do you need why do you have to have it from from the president or from uh, the pentagon or whatever no not when there are millions of people in this world yeah that are contactees that are experiencers that have had close encounters of one kind or another um 
And so I think that we are the point of disclosure. I had my first conscious contact at the tender age of 13. I had just mm-hmm. turned 13. And, um, and it was, I won't say it was traumatizing, but it was my personal paradigm shift. It was when I realized that suddenly other experiences that I had had as a younger child suddenly made sense. Uh, and, and I understood what it was. And, and then the next logical question was, why me? Why me? Mm. Why am I seeing this? Uh, and what I saw as a 13-year-old, I didn't have identified uh, for me until 45 years later at yeah. a UFO conference. Um, and that's when I found out that many, many, many people saw what I saw um, all over uh, the eastern seaboard of the United States, halfway down uh, the East Coast, and then all around Western Europe. And then when the Royal Fighter Gents went after it, poof, it was gone, off the radar, over uh, the Arctic Circle. Yeah. And... I, I must have been traumatized to some extent because as I was hearing about exactly what I experienced and what I witnessed uh, so many decades before, it brought me to tears. It was almost a relief. Like yeah. this yeah. was not my imagination under any circumstances. This was what it was. And don't ever question yourself about it again. And that's when I started writing about my experiences. It mm. really kind of liberated me. It opened a door that will never ever close. And I'm um, and I'm perfectly content with that, Van. I I I am happy to be part of disclosure. Yeah. Capital D. Not, you know, everybody's like, well, the capital D means Department of Defense. It means the White House. No, it doesn't. Mm. It means credible people with incredible stories to share. Yeah, the, 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 whole, the, the whole paranormal thing and things we don't understand, it, it, it isn't black and white. And when I say black and white, it's like other people believe or they don't believe. I, th- I think this, this is one subject where there has to be gray, there has to be a bit of a gray area. Um, because just because we don't understand it doesn't believe, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. And, um, I had a great podcast about this. Well, it was actually a podcast about, I mean, there's so much drama going on now in the paranormal community (coughs) with this whole conjuring house thing that just happened with, um, with Sam and Colby and, uh, Cody and Satori. We spoke about it the other day. Yeah. And, um, to me, it's kind of like, well, this, you know, regardless whether it, whether it is, you know, done for entertainment or whether whether or not it's true or, you know, at the end of the day, it shouldn't really, people shouldn't seek validation from a YouTube video or a YouTube yeah, series. Yeah, spare me. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, I have known Cody and Satori since they were little kids. Yeah. And um, everything that they do is real. And anyone that questions their veracity or questions their abilities doesn't have a clue about what they're talking about. And I don't, I just dismiss it out of hand. 
I know them both very, very well. And I have been privy to many of their sessions, not one or two, but many of them. I've seen everything that they've done in person. And, uh, you know, honestly, Van, question anything you want, but don't question Cody and Satori. They're the real deal. I think if, and with all due respect, I don't know Cody and Satori. I've, uh, the first time I heard their names was like two days or what, when? About two weeks ago. I've never heard of them. And um, it's, I think my perspective on it is um, I'm going to reserve, say, I'm, I'm not going to say they are fake or they're not fake or whatever, but if I don't see things for myself, I'm going to be a little bit on the, on the, on the fence. I'm not saying well, that that's fine. Me. Then yeah. I will introduce you to them yeah. and you will be blown away, blown yeah. away. We'll get um, you to that farmhouse. We'll introduce you to them. Yeah. Listen, I have to go to that farmhouse. Yes. No, you really yeah. do. Bill really has a question do. for you and he yes. wants to put it up on this. Oh, all in caps. That means he's screaming at us. Oh, okay. Uh, being from South Africa, what do you think about the Zimbabwe case of the school children? That do you know what? To be honest, I've I still want to do a video about that because that is very interesting. Um, that is a very interesting case. Um, how much do you know of it, Andrea? Uh, not enough. So, as I understand, if I'm if I'm, she's. I hope I'm getting this right. I, I can't remember exactly when this happened, if it was in the 80s or 90s, but... It was, a, I think it was in the late 80s, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it was, a, I think it was kind of like a rural school in Zimbabwe, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all these kids saw basically this UFO land with aliens, and every single one of them drew the exact same thing. Right. Which was, I mean... Now, the thing that stumps me about that is, why? why? If this was, because the first thing I always go to is, okay... If it's a hoax, why would it be a hoax? But in this thing, you know, in this case, it doesn't make sense. There's, there's, I don't, I couldn't see. I haven't delved into it deep enough, um, but I can't see the financial gain in something like that. There was none. Yeah, there was none. Mm. Just like the girls at Fatima, that there was no gain for them. Yeah, saying that they saw the vision of the Virgin Mary and that she spoke with them. They, there, there was no gain for them. All that it could do is cause uh, aspersions to be cast upon yeah. them. Um, these kids had nothing to gain, but they also were so young, they had nothing to lose by simply telling the truth. Mm. And they all had the same experience at the same time. This is really all I know about this. I think and this, then they all recounted it exactly yeah. the same way. And they all drew what they saw separately and all the pictures matched. That's really all I need. No, no, definitely. I think, well, look, I think there too many things have happened, you know, stretching back before the whole internet age for it, for there not to be something. And and to me, logically, I, logically, I just don't see how we can be alone in the universe. It just doesn't... It yeah. doesn't compute, nor it, should it, it, it because it, it's ludicrous. It, yeah, it really doesn't. Um, and I think with, you know, with regards to this whole thing and, and with regards to the paranormal, I think you have to kind of trust your own instincts rather than seek validation from, from anyone. 
uh, for that matter. Because with regards to the you know the rise of internet and YouTube and social media and all that stuff, there are a lot of ghost hunting shows that are in it for financial gain. Unfortunately, it is. It the paranormal has become a pretty lucrative business. Yeah, for so, some. Yeah, for some, for some. I pretty much give away everything that I do. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you want a free poster? Here's a free yeah. picture. Here's a, I only sell my books because I have to. Yeah, no, look, you know, not, not, not roof over my head. But, yeah. you know, if I was in a position to give the books away, I would do that too. Because for me, it's not about the money at all. It's about the message. No, 100%. Look, I, I why I'll die a pauper, you know. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't. Not that impressed, but I agree with you. There is a common denominator in all things. Yeah. And the more I look at the world at large in every aspect, I mean, geopolitically, exopolitically, uh, you know, environmentally, and in every aspect of life on this planet, someone is exploiting someone else somewhere for their own gain. And the thing is, and they're able to do that because people or us as humans in general want closure. Mm -hmm. It's 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 uh, it's like a magnet. We have to have closure um, like yesterday. Yeah. So if someone can give undeniable proof of whatever, then there are people that'll, that'll be drawn to that and it'll, that'll mm -hmm. tend to believe that because it kind of fits a narrative. It kind of fills a void in their lives. Yeah. And um, I think people should just kind of, I mean, look at things logically, you know, the paranormal is again, just because people don't understand it doesn't mean it, it doesn't exist. Right. So I definitely think there's a spiritual realm. I don't think it's understood fully, but it's, I mean, I won't cover the subject on my podcast if I, if I wasn't genuinely fascinated by it and, right. and I am. But unfortunately, with the internet age, there is just so much more uh, bullshit to filter through. Mm -hmm. if, if you can, yeah. Yeah. But, unfortunately, um, fear has been turned into a fungible commodity. And yeah. I get a lot of grief. Well, not a lot, because I pretty much ignore the bastards. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, come here, baby. Come on up here. Oh, I have to introduce you to the Princess Peanut Butter Cup. This is my baby. Oh, my God. Look at this beautiful dog. This is the center of my universe, man. This is her. This is my baby dog. She's my baby. Are, do you have any of your dogs with you in your office? I can. Um, you can one make is that lying like right there off camera. I can get her quick. Go get her. Okay. Peanut butter. Oh, my peanut butter. Oh, my God. You don't lick the lip lard off. Don't lick my lip lard. It's, I got to have some color, you know. Are you my baby dog? Are you my baby? Yeah. Okay, I know. She came over to see me. Hi, Bill. Are you admiring the peanut, the princess peanut butter cup? Are you? Look at the dog. Look oh at, my God. Look look at that doggy. Peanut, look at that beautiful doggy. Oh my oh. God. We are quite sure. Quite sure. Don't be jealous, Sammy. Don't be jealous. We are quite sure that dogs are better than people. Yeah. Want to see mine? Quite sure of it. 
Watch this. He's upside down on the recliner over there. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, great show to both of you. I mean, very interesting. So I'm going to let you guys keep going because we got about eight minutes. Eight, eight minutes. minutes. Okay. We have eight minutes left, fan. Tear it uh, up. I just promised one of my subscribers that I would ask you this question. Um, okay. Uh, flipping what? the table on me now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, what part of the real story of The Conjuring and your experiences in the in the old farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island, didn't make it to the movie? Ninety-five uh, percent of the real story didn't make it into the movie. About five percent of the story is absolutely accurate, and the rest of it was conjured in the minds of a couple of screenwriters that desperately wanted to tell the true story. And every time they tried to integrate some of my books into those screen into that screenplay, the three-piece suit wearing uh, fear-based carbon units at Fire <laughs> Brothers sent the script back and said, redact it, delete it, take it out. This will run people right out of the theaters. What's the point of spending multi-millions of dollars making a film that nobody stays to watch because they're terrified. And you know what? I don't think of our story as a horror story at all. I think it's a love story with a wicked supernatural twist that everything that happened to my family happened for a reason. And then 30 plus years later, it was my job to tell it. I have to go to that house. I with want me. to go with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mean, because you're a lot closer to it in Toronto yeah. than I am down here. I'm in Georgia currently. I think um, we but should... I will let you know the next time I'm going. Yeah. And we'll take you and introduce you to... Um... Oh, Bill says he's going when you go. <laughs> Just pick him up in upstate New York. You got to drive right through there we'll, anyway. We'll do our own... I want to do my own investigation, but um, yeah, I will run. I'm not ashamed to say um, I will run screaming if if uh, if I see something or you know God forbid I see a a, a demon or or whatever. <laughs> no demons there. Okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> there's stuff. There's a lot, a lot of activity. Yeah. But there's nothing demonic in that house. No, it'll be it'll be it'll be genuinely interesting uh, to to visit the place. I mean, it's been so. It's been so commercialized, hasn't it? Um, these last it, couple of years. Not, not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. Um, uh, Jacqueline Nunez, who purchased the house a year ago, last May, um, has has transformed it in a lot of ways. Um, you know, nothing against the couple who owned it prior to that. They did their very level best. Mm. Um, but they, you know, they were walking that razor's edge of, you know, we want to open it to the public and let it be a business where we can do tours and stuff and people can come in and do investigations. But then, um, there was a lot of misbehaving that went on there and a lot of disrespect yeah. of the house and the spirits. And that really aggravated me. Uh, Jacqueline brought that to an abrupt halt. She did. I mean, she can't control every single thing that comes out of there. Uh, I, you know, I've I've seen some 
some videos uh and i only watch like two to three minutes at a time to just get the gist of something yeah. i don't have time to sit around and watch all of the scrap i go make my own videos and my own documentaries and my own movies and my own thing and i go back to the house as frequently as possible um because it's the only place that ever felt like home to me in my whole life it is my home and heart mm -hmm. um but i will tell you that uh it's treated it's treated the way that it should be now it's treated with respect and reverence and no shenanigans are allowed um and i'm not saying that there aren't you know some kids maybe that are a little immature that have uh done some work in the house um <laughs> but they're learning too and they're the future and you know what a what a way to feel that kind of energy. I'm telling you, Van, when you're in that house, you know you are in a place that is connected to the earth, but not mm -hmm. really of the earth. I have always described it as a portal cleverly disguised as a farmhouse. Yeah. yeah. And I want you to feel that. And I want to be there with you and your wife when that happens. I would, I would... Bill has invited himself. Just yeah. pick him up on the way. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um my wife can be possessed sometimes in any case, but you know, <laughs> what it is. I'm going to be in touch. So now she doesn't get to see this episode of a world <laughs> awakening. <don't she? laughs> I'm going to be in so much trouble now, but um, yeah, it's well, fine. It's I fine. Know. It's just, but yeah, we definitely have to make, make a date for that. I, I would definitely make the trip. Um, and like you said, if you can go with, that'll be great. Yes, I will make a point of it. And uh, and I so look forward to introducing you to everyone who is doing their level best to represent the house, its history, hmm. and its ancestry, and its uh, the activity in that house is sublime. I mean, it it is it's loving absolutely loving and the communication is loving and we're learning so much from the spirits about the history of the house mm. that we thought was lost and gone forever so it is it's an amazing place and we will arrange uh to do that bill's telling me that we have two minutes left which was about a minute ago so how can people reach you? Where can they find you? Um, well, they can reach me on social media. Everything's um, at Vans World Podcast. Um, not Vans Podcast. There is a, there's, there's actually a YouTube channel called Vans Podcast, but it's a, it's a, um, a DIY channel. Yeah. It, it isn't me. So it's Vans World Podcast. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much me. <laughs> Excellent. Did you have fun? Oh yeah, it was amazing. This was the first time I've been a guest. It was, it was, um, yeah, it was great. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it, and it certainly is an honor to uh, to be invited uh, to your podcast. It was, it was great. Thank you so much. Well, you know, you treated me like the Queen of Sheba on your show, <laughs> so I'll just treat you, my skeptical friend, as King of Denial, and we'll just keep <laughs> on moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, you have so a much. wonderful, wonderful night. Thank you, you for joining me. Thank you all for watching A World Awakening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you again next week. And remember, 
And never forget to always be the light you seek. Good night, everyone. <laughs>